Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Beef Up Front podcast here on PickSwap Media, continuing my preseason series of covering each division leading up to September 8th's kickoff between the Bills and the Rams. Last week, we finished up the NFC. Tonight, we'll be getting into the AFC, uh, starting off with the AFC East. Next episode, we'll be doing the North, the South, the West, and then we'll have one more episode where culminate all my division winners and wildcard teams into a playoff bracket, and then I'll be breaking that down and going over my uh, my award winners, my superlatives for this upcoming season as well, and then, like I said, the playoff bracket and eventual Super Bowl champion. But tonight we'll be doing the AFC East. If you haven't checked out the NFC, make sure to go back and check them out all throughout our feed, both on uh, Anchor through podcast, um, Apple and Spotify, and then as well as YouTube. But tonight with the AFC East, we'll start it off with – the number one team in the division this year, I have them earning the number two overall seed in the AFC, and that is the Buffalo Bills. And I have them going 13-4, and four, so that means I have another team going at least 13-4, and four, potentially better, getting the number one seed. Got them going 4-2 and two in the division. This team comes into the season as the betting favorite to win the Super Bowl, and that's mainly thanks to number 17 under center, Josh Allen. That playoff loss to the Chiefs last year was just devastating, and I think it's kind of used as cliche a lot, like uh, losses like that or moments like that will add fuel to the fire. But in this case, I really think it is. That was one of the better playoff games and one of the more upsetting finishes I think that you could have. I think it was the Bills scored on that fourth down play to Gabriel Davis with 13 seconds left is when the Chiefs got the ball back. And they still were able to go and kick a field goal, send it to overtime, got the ball first and went in and scored a touchdown, not giving the Bills a chance. I think that's just something that really has stuck with this Bills team throughout the whole offseason and really <clears throat> kind of resonated with them. And, and that's really their main motivation to get that home field advantage, get that one seed, so they they can have the better opportunity to advance in this year's playoffs. I still have them only getting the two seed, but 13-4 and four overall, that'd be a, a really good year and set them up for, for a lot of playoff success. Not even being a fan of the Bills, though, I just really felt for Josh Allen and how great he played in that game, losing that fashion. Um, I, I think that's really something that he's going to use as like a chip on his shoulder throughout this whole year. I think he's going to be a man on a mission this year. And if he continues to grow and develop his game like he seemingly has each season of his young NFL career, he could be in for one of the better QB seasons that we've ever seen. He's the betting favorite for the MVP right now, as well as with the Bills being the betting favorite for the Super Bowl. Um, he has a really solid offensive line in front of him with Deion Dawkins at left tackle, Roger Saffold at guard, Mitch Morse at center leading the way. The right side is a little bit worrisome, but still a, a pretty solid unit up front. I love the addition of James Cook to this backfield. I think he can really take this offense to the next level. Um, he's an Alvin Kamara type guy with his ability to make plays in space and catch the football. And then you have that nice uh, established duo already with Zach Moss being like that power hammer back and Devil, Devin Singletary doing a little bit of everything. I think one thing that they need to do, though, this year is run the football a little bit more and lessen the blows that, that Josh Allen takes. He was, was their main rusher over these past few seasons. And I think eventually, no matter how big and athletic and strong he is, that's going to catch up to him, and it could wear him down a little bit. So I want them to, to run the ball more to ensure to keep him uh, healthy long-term going forward this season. And then Diggs, Stephon Diggs, a great receiver, one of the top ten. You could argue maybe even a top five guy in, in the league. He's really – exploded since getting uh, with Josh Allen and the Buffalo Bills. And Gabriel Davis, he's a guy I touched on earlier in this offseason. He's a guy who I think could be in for a really good breakout year as well. Really emerged in that playoff game, had one of the better playoff receiving performances I can remember. So 
I really like that duo. That's one of the better duos in the league. I think we'll be looking at that at the end of this season. And then the, the depth behind them, though, is a little concerning to me. Not much in the passing game. Um, I think Jamison Crowder's in the fold now, but Cole Beasley's still out there. He had a little bit of a weird like ending tenure there with Buffalo. I think they might need to go out and maybe, I don't know, trade or, or find another guy if he's released off waivers. Just another like reliable pass catcher to this offense if, if one of these top guys go down. I also really like the, the tight end duo of Dawson Knox and the free agent signing of O.J. Howard. I think that could be a nice little one-two punch at tight end going forward this year. Move the attention to the defense now. This group was rated the number one defense in the NFL last year statistically. And as good as the offense is, this group I think could be better. With the big-time addition of Von Miller as an edge rusher, he could be the, the missing piece that takes his team over the top and wins them the Super Bowl. He was a big piece down the stretch for the Rams last year, and – I think the Rams really used him well. They kind of picked their spots when they wanted to play him, and then he was fresh come playoff time, and especially in the fourth quarter, he made some big plays in that playoff run. That's what this team needs, a guy to get get after uh, Patrick Mahomes, Justin Herbert, Derek Carr, Russell Wilson, uh, Lamar Jackson, all those really, really high-level uh, quarterbacks in the AFC, Joe Burrow even as well. They need to be able to get after them in the fourth quarter to send them home uh, and close out these games to to get that the Bills that illustrious Super Bowl that they've been seeking. Greg Rousseau and Bookie Basham, two second-year guys who need to make some strides in year two, but I think they're really uh, nice young players and they have the potential to do that. And being able to learn from Von Miller and also just being on the field with him at the same time is going to give them a lot more opportunities, I think. Ed Oliver, a really solid defensive tackle. A.J. Epinesa, another piece who, who's had some moments in the NFL on the defensive line. I think he has another chance to, to take that next leap and, and uh, step up his play up front for the Bills. Matt Milano and Tremaine Edmonds are a really nice linebacker duo. Little bit worried about the cornerback spot with Tredavious Whitestall and the pup coming back from his ACL injury. They need someone else to step up out there for Buffalo. I really, I really like uh, coming out the cornerback uh, out of Florida, Kyrie Irlam, their first round pick this past year. He needs to step up, though, and, and play big boy snaps from day one and play a really strong role this year. And then you look at the safety duo on the back end of Micah Hyde and Jordan Poyer. That could be the best in the league. That's a really high-level safety duo. Coach Sean McDermott, he's really built this uh, Bills organization since him and Brandon Bean got in there up from, from the ground up. I really like what he's done, but it, I think he needs to, to advance a little bit more in the playoffs this year. Was in the AFC Championship game two years ago against the Chiefs last year arguably should have beat the the Chiefs in the divisional round, would have been the home team against the Bengals in the AFC title game. He he's came up short a few years in the playoffs. I think this is the year that he kind of has to get to that Super Bowl to really, I'm not going to say silence the critics, but kind of just get over the top, get that monkey off his back, I guess you could say. Breakout player, James Cook, running back out of Georgia, their third-round pick, I believe, this year. Like I was saying earlier, I think he's the guy who has the potential to take this offense to the next level an Alvin Kamara-type presence where he can make all those plays in space, be a really effective receiver, run routes from the slot, stuff like that. He's a real versatile chess piece, and I think that the Bills, even without Brian Dable, interested to see what that looks like with the offense without him because that's where Josh Allen really had his success under Dable. Um, interested to see if there's any differences in this offense this year, but whoever is in, in direction of the offense, I believe it's Zesty, is Tyler Zesty is his name. At the OC, I'm interested to see how they work in James Cook into the offense this year. I think he has a big role from day one, though. And then two games to watch. We got week six at the Chiefs. Josh Allen has had that game circled since it came out. He de desperately wants to win that game. And then week 15 versus the Dolphins. We'll get into the Dolphins next, but 
I think these two teams will be the top competition in the AFCs for the division this year. So that's a just an important game, especially if it's close down the stretch in the season that you're going to, you're going to need to win when you're at home against a division rival. So um, got the bills going 13 and four, four and two in the division, earning the two seed in the AFC. Second place, we have the Miami Dolphins going 10 and seven and three and three in the division. Surprisingly, that does not make the playoffs. This is a loaded AFC. We'll get into it. There's a few teams that I have missing that definitely could make it. And then there's also a few who might, might be like borderline teams who could be falling out. Um, this is a Miami Dolphins team going 10 seven though. Wrong end of some tiebreakers keeps them out of the division, uh, out of the playoffs, I think. And that'll be a really disappointing season. If you look at this roster, they have a, I think you could argue a top 10 uh, talent wise roster in the NFL this year, but we'll get into a little bit why I have them missing the playoffs despite going 10 and seven. Their offense could be one of the more improved units in the league this year. They went out and made a bunch of changes and they brought in offensive genius wonder boy, Mike McDaniel from the 49ers. He's going to be running the show as their new head coach. He thinks really highly of Tua. A lot of the guys on this uh, Dolphins team in this within this organization have talked highly of him this offseason. So we'll see if he can get the best out of Tua. He's really been able to work with Kyle Shanahan throughout his career and get some really good quarterback play out of out of his guys. You look at Jimmy Garoppolo, um, RG3 before, Kirk Cousins, even like Matt Schaub. All these guys have worked with Mike McDaniel and Kyle Shanahan, and, they, and they've really had some success. So we'll see if McDaniel is able to get the best out of Tua this year and, and prove that he was worthy of that top five draft pick that he once was. He Tua, though, has as, about as much pressure on him as any QB in the league this year. And if he struggles, the Dolphins could look elsewhere. They did lose that first-round pick in the little tampering thing. So maybe he can have another year if they go like like I have them go in 10-7 this year. Maybe he buys himself another year just because they don't have that draft pick next year. But this is a team that I think is in win-now mode, and they're, they're looking aggressive. I could see them going out and trading assets for a quarterback next offseason if Tua doesn't have a good year. Um, I think he has a solid year, but I'm worried about just – his lack of like total arm strength. You go out and acquire an elite guy like Tyree Kill, which we'll touch on the receivers a little bit after this, but there was a play in the preseason game versus the Eagles yesterday where if Patrick Mahomes is throwing that ball to Tyree Kill on this deep go route uh, across the middle of the field, or I think it was a post even, he was underthrown, but Tyree Kill was clearly behind these guys. Patrick Mahomes lays that out there. That's a 75-yard touchdown. Tyree Kill has to come back and catch this one. I'm just worried about plays like that kind of limiting this offense's ceiling and not really being able to get the full potential out of them. If uh, two is, pr- is able to prove that he can consistently make those downfield plays, this team could win like 11 or 12 games. It wouldn't surprise me at all if you look at how talented they are. But they also have the first-year head coach coming in, so that could be an adjustment as well. Um, but the offensive line has improved the unit from years past. They've been really bad over the years. You go out and pick up an elite left tackle in Teron Armstead. He should really stabilize that position. Eichenberg, uh, Williams at center, Hunt, and Austin Jackson make up a pretty solid group, one with potential, but with uh, some young players who need to step up and prove themselves if they want to be long-term starters for the Dolphins going forward. Backfield's very solid, no standout guy, but very deep, and it's very crowded. This is a backfield that I'd stay away from in fantasy until at least like some guy kind of emerges as the number one because they went out and signed Raheem Mostert, Chase Edmonds, Sony Michelle, and then you also have Miles Gaskin. These are all capable players back there. And as we've seen with Kyle Shanahan and his time as a head coach, and now we'll be seeing Mike McDaniel kind of emulating that scheme. And apparently Mike McDaniel has been like the main culprit behind the success in this run game recently. One of these guys, or if not all of them are going to have success, this is going to be like a running back by committee on steroids. I think these guys are all capable of having some pretty good years. 
Chase Edmonds have got the most money this offseason out of any of them, so watch for him to be that kind of lead guy at the beginning. Um, love the wide receiver trio of Jalen Waddle going out and getting Tyree Kill, who I touched on, and Cedric Wilson. I think he's one of the more underrated receivers in the league. With Tua's lack of arm strength, I think that this team is going to be throwing a lot of short to intermediate passes, but that's good when you have guys like Tyree Kill and Jalen Waddle just getting their, the ball in their hands and getting them in space is, is something that this Dolphins team is really going to look to do this year. And then you have Mike Gusecki. He's apparently on the trade market, the tight end. He's on the franchise tag, a really nice receiving tight end, but might not fit the exact scheme when you look at the 49ers from years past. George Kittle, a very, very good blocking tight end. Gusecki's not really that type of guy. He's more of just a basketball power forward type out at receiver, just kind of throw it up and let him make plays, especially in the red zone. If he gets moved, Durham Smythe would be the main guy at tight end, which worries me in terms of pass catching, but he's a nice blocking tight end there. But I like the potential of this offense. It's kind of like with Jalen Hurts and the Eagles, though. It really comes down to how good is Tua will we'll determine how good this team eventually is. Defense is another talented group with impressive players across the defensive line and in the back end. Lack a little bit in the middle, though. <coughs> Excuse me. Emmanuel Ogba, Rayquan Davis, and Christian Wilkins make up a nice defensive line. Uh, some some three, guy, three guys there that can do a little bit of everything. And then Melvin Ingram is a nice veteran pass rusher. And then new addition of, as of this morning, Trey Flowers are two solid veteran pass rushers. Alandon Roberts and Jerome Baker are pretty solid inside linebacking duo. Nothing to really write home about, Not no superstars there. It worries me a little bit just because those guys have had their ups and downs in the league. But they have an elite cornerback duo with Byron Jones and Xavier Howard. And then they have a young budding star at safety with Javon Holland, who made a lot of plays in his rookie year coming out of Oregon. And then it's apparently been really impressive throughout the preseason as well as training camp for the Dolphins. So watch out for him this year. Coach Mike McDaniel, I've, I've kind of touched on him a little bit. It's supposed to be an offensive genius, boy wonder type. Sean McVay, Kyle Shanahan, Mold, that type of guy. Really excited to see what he can do with this offense and see if he can open up to a uh, potential. He was really only like, I think really only interviewed with Miami. So a bit of an out-of-the-box hire, but this is a guy who's been the architect, I think, behind some of the most successful rushing attacks we've seen in the league over the past five years with the 49ers. So like what Mike McDaniels brings to the table, I'm excited to see that. Breakout player, Jalen Phillips, defensive end, second year out of uh, Miami, Florida, eight and a half sacks in 21. I think he's a guy who gets 12 this year, really high on him. And I think he's going to have a really nice second season. A former like top recruit, first round draft pick, all the talent in the world. Um, let's just see him take the, the next step and, and go to that next level this year in Miami. And then two games to watch. We've got week three versus the Bills. As I touched on with the Bills, this is probably their, their biggest competition uh, for the AFC East this year. So look for the Dolphins. To, I think, potentially win that game. I have them winning it and, and surprise some people beating the Super Bowl favorite. That's a home game that, that they'll need to win if they want to compete for the division. And then week 13 at the 49ers, I probably said 49ers 10 different times, excuse me, while breaking down the Dolphins. Um, just Mike McDaniel going against his old team, and 49ers are a team that I have going to the playoffs. So these will be two potential playoff teams uh, battling it out there. Now we go to my third-place team. And that's not going to be the New England Patriots. That's going to be the New York football Jets. Going 8-9, and 2-4 in the division. That's not making the playoffs, but that would be, I think, a successful year for New York fans in the, in the eyes of their fans as well as the rest of the organization. Um, that would be a definite step up. And then, like, next year maybe go 10-8 and eight to that 11-6 range and make the playoffs compete for the division, if not one of those three wildcard spots. Look at the offense. This offense will come down to, I think, their their ultimate success, the health of Zach Wilson, whether whenever he comes back into the lineup from this knee injury, and if he can take that 
famous second-year QB leap that we see out of a lot of guys. Sounds like he's going to be missing the first few weeks. I would expect him back by week four at the latest, it sounds like. Probably more realistically, like week three. Uh, but he needs to play well for this team, not, a, not to only have success this season, but I think to give this franchise hope going forward. A really nice quarterback class coming out next year. But if Zach Wilson kind of falters, I don't know how secure Joe uh, Douglas's job is. I know he didn't draft Arnold, but that was a top three pick. Wilson was the number two overall pick. I think Wilson will, unless he's absolutely terrible, will definitely get a, a third year. But you never know. With the NFL, we saw with the um, the Cardinals a few years ago with the Josh Rose and Kyler Murray situation. Teams teams will move move fast off of you if you kind of can't prove to to be the guy that that most important spot at the quarterback position. So, I think in eight and nine season, if Joe Flacco plays just say the first four weeks and they win go one and three or two and two, and Zach Wilson can come in and win six or seven games as a starter, kind of flirt with playoff contention for the whole year, that'd be a real positive season for the Jets going forward. Um, but they, they, they better hope that he has a really nice year or it sets the franchise back even more. They already suffered a huge loss for this offense on the offensive line with Mekhi Becton out for the season, but they did sign veteran left tackle Dwayne Brown, rock solid guy to fill in there. I don't really think they'll be missing much. Worried about right tackle George Fant. He's been a all right player in his NFL career, but definitely can do better at tackle than him. I really like the interior of this line, though, with Elijah Vera Tucker going into year two, Connor McGovern at center. And then Lakin Tomlinson, who's a longtime guard with the 49ers and I think the Lions as well. That's a nice interior offensive line. And I would like this young running back to go now and get Brees Hall, the best running back from last year's class. He can do a little bit of everything. And then you got Michael Carter, the second year back out of North Carolina, as more of that pass-catching guy. You got veterans, uh, Tevin Coleman and Ty Johnson in there as well to, to mix it up a little bit and add some more depth as well. And a wide receiver room that I think has a chance to impress this year, Corey Davis. Had a nice first year with the Jets. And then you have high draft pick Garrett Wilson from this year, a top 10 guy. I believe he was the 10th overall pick. He's like a yards after catch guy. Kind of was compared to A.J. Brown throughout the process. Real just strong, strong body guy. Um, can, can do a lot with the ball in his hands. And then Elijah Moore coming back for his second year. Going to be one of the better slot receivers in the league going forward, I think. And then you went out and signed Bengals tight end C.J. Uzama, who had a breakout year himself last year. Defense, I'm bullish on this defensive line and, and this De, uh, defensive group in general. I think that they have a chance to have a really nice season. Carl Lawson comes back from his torn Achilles. He was their big free agent signing last year from Cincinnati. He missed the whole year with the torn Achilles, but he's back this year. John Franklin Myers, a nice piece on the defensive line. Quinn Williams had a really nice year last year. The young defensive tackle out of Alabama. Look for him to continue to get better. And then rookie Jermaine Johnson should be uh, one of the better rookie pass rushers in the league this year. That's a nice group there. And then you got some nice depth pieces with Sheldon Rankins and Solomon Thomas. Um, a nice group of linebackers with Quincy Williams, Quan Alexander, and C.J. Mosley in the middle there. You got young corners, Ahmad Sauce Gardner, their top pick this year. Bryce Hall, a guy who's been around. This will be his third year. He's had some pretty pretty good success so far in his young NFL career. I like those guys. And then a nice safety tandem of Jordan Whitehead from Tampa Bay and LaMarcus Joyner, uh, former Ram and Raider, I believe. That's a pretty nice safety duo there. They might need another pass rusher to step up, though, and, and kind of take this this defense to the next level. Um, if this is a team in playoff contention going around the trade deadline, I would not be surprised to see Joe Douglas kind of throw some future assets to acquire like a pass rusher going forward, kind of like the Rams did last year, not saying that they will be in Super Bowl contention like the Rams were, but just a guy to maybe push them over the top and get them into the playoffs. Coach Robert Sala going into his second year, Jerry's out on him. 
he's a defensive coach, and they had some really defensive, bad defensive performances last year. So hope to see more from him this year uh, and just better overall command of the team as a head coach. Jerry's out on him. Uh, Joe Douglas needs him to, to be good because that was his, his hire at head coach. Um, interested to see the progress of, of Salah as a coach just in terms of like an overall game manager. My breakout player, wide receiver Elijah Moore, touched on him earlier a bit. I think he emerges as one of our better NFL slot receivers. Had 43 catches for 538 yards and five touchdowns this year. I'm expecting numbers around 75 catches, 80 catches, around hovering around 900 to 1,000 yards and five or six touchdowns. I think that would be a really nice second year. And then two games to watch. We got week seven versus the Broncos. Broncos are a team I have flirting with playoff contention as well. So if I have the Jets going eight and nine and you're around week seven, that that's a game that could be between two current playoff teams, I guess, if you looked at the playoff picture then. So that would be a big game as they both are going to be flirting for playoff spots potentially. And then week eight versus the Pats at home, a game that I think would be just huge for the, the New York Jets if they're able to win that game. Obviously, I haven't touched on the Patriots yet, so I have them going finishing in last place. But if the Jets are able to beat the Patriots after the Patriots have just owned them for so much years, I just think that's a nice confidence booster and just a feel-good moment for the franchise going forward as they continue to rebuild this Jets team. And then we get into the New England Patriots. I should have looked this up before we started recording, but I cannot tell you the last time they finished in last place. I have them going fourth in the AFC, so that would be, I don't think, the most surprising thing. I don't think that many people are high on them this year. Um, but I have the Patriots finishing 7-10, and 10, going 3-3 three and three in the division. I'm really low on the offense. That's probably the main reason why. And I think it could be an, a very ugly season on that side of the ball in New England. Mac Jones probably had the best rookie season out of any of the quarterbacks last year. But he wasn't special in any means. I think he was just a real solid overall game manager. And he loses offensive genius Josh McDaniels who I think was a tremendous help in that rookie season. And now it seems like Matt Patricia and Joe Judge are going to be calling the shots and running the offense, which is not appealing at all for, for me if I'm a Patriots fan. Matt Patricia, a lifetime defensive guy, I'm just not really sure what this operation is doing on offense right now. They'll run the ball well and try and keep it low scoring and, and find a way to win some games that they aren't supposed to. They'll probably flirt with eight or nine wins, most likely not really seven and ten. But I, I, I'm just not high on this offense. You you have to be able to throw the ball consistently and make plays down the field in the NFL today to, to con, contend with some of these top-level teams. You look at Josh Allen. You look at Joe Burrow. Uh, you look at Aaron Rodgers. You look at Matthew Stafford. All these top teams have elite quarterbacks when it comes to throwing the football. Justin Herbert, I think we know I'm really high on him. Just guys like that. Mac Jones doesn't have that. You can just clearly see that. And he doesn't have the supporting cast around him either. They're going to run the ball, like I said, keep it low scoring, but you have to be able to throw the ball. And they have the most expensive receiver core in the league, and it might be the worst group in the NFL. The headliners are Devontae Parker, Kendrick Bourne, Nelson Aguilar, and Jacoby Myers. All four solid players have had some nice moments in the NFL, but no game changer, no real separator, no great downfield threat, explosive guys who could change the game in a blink of an eye. Not terrible players, like I said, but not a difference maker in this group. And the most expensive group in the league, you should have at least one real major difference maker. Like the tight end duo of Hunter Henry and Jonas Smith, they were pretty high-priced guys last year. They're solid players, no superstars in that regard. Um, and I like the offensive line. You went out and brought back Trent Brown. You have rookie Cole Strange out of Chattanooga, who was one of the like, eye-raising picks. But apparently he's really translated well into his uh, young time in the NFL so far in training camp. David Andrews at center. Isaiah Wynn at right tackle. This is a really solid group. Right guard is a question mark, though. Um, 
I'm high on the running back duo of Damian Harris and Ramondre Stevenson, both really strong downhill runners, guys who will run you over, guys who are able to handle each 20 carries a game if they wanted to. If this team wants to run the ball 35, 40 times a game, they have the capability with those two. They need one, uh, someone that back there to step up as like that pass-catching role with James White gone now, maybe young running back J.J. Taylor, who I was high on coming out of the draft a few years ago at our Arizona, a really small guy, but kind of fits that Bill Belichick passing back kind of mold. We'll see if he can step up and be more of a full-time player this year. He's had a few nice games in the NFL, though. Um, but they're going to have to be really special, and Mac's going to have to take care of the ball, and the defense is going to have to play lights out for this team to return to the playoffs. They're not going to be good in high-scoring games. Defense, really solid defensive line. I really love Matthew Judon. That was a great signing from them last year. I think he is year in, year out, one of the more underrated players in the NFL, and he just consistently gets stuff done. Christian Barmore, defensive tackle out of Alabama, should take another leap in year two. He had a really nice rookie year. Josh Uche, I believe he's out of Baylor a few years ago. He's been impressive throughout the preseason and training camp, apparently. Linebackers are weak for Patriots, according to according to their normal standards, where we've seen Gerard Mayab, Teddy Bruschi, Dante Hightower. They've always been really rock solid in the middle there. They're a little uh, underwhelming there this year. So they're, they're going to need a guy to step up in the middle of that defense. And can they cover consistently on the back end? J.C. Jackson gone, the top interception getter in the NFL last year. That's going to force guys like Jalen Mills and Jonathan Jones to step up on the outside. Devin McCourty and Adrian Phillips, that's a nice veteran safety group. McCourty's been there, which seems like forever. I think this he's going into year 13. And then you have young Kyle Duggar going into year three. He's been a nice player so far in the NFL. Jabril Peppers has had some nice moments. They have some uh, interesting like chess pieces that they can move around and give that secondary some versatility. The coach, Bill Belichick, we all know, I think you can make a, a very good argument, the best coach in the NFL as well as all time. Um, but without Tom Brady, he hasn't had as great success. I thought it was a great coaching job last year getting that Patriots team to the playoffs. This isn't, when you look at it, a very talented team. But with Bill Belichick running the show, never rule out a trip back to the playoffs. He's going to have to work some wonders, I think, though, with this defense and make them like the second or third best group in the league and then hope the offense kind of hovers around that 16 to like 20 ranking when you're, look, when you're looking at offenses to contend for nine or 10 wins and make the playoffs. And a loaded AFC, I don't think anything less than 10 will get you that seven spot. Breakout player, I'm going to go running back Ramadre Stevenson. It sounds like he's kind of taken over that RB1 role for Damian Harris, but we know Belichick likes to rotate those guys. But that was with McDaniels in the past, so – now with Matt, Patricia, and Joe Judge, we'll see what that backfield rotation kind of looks like. But Stevenson's a guy I could easily see go over 1,000 yards this year just because I think this team is going to be heavy emphasis on run first and kind of taking care of the ball and running down the clock. And then two games to watch. We got week two at the Steelers. I think both of these teams are going to contend for, like I've said a few times, seven to ten win area, be in that kind of window and compete for maybe that seven spot in the playoffs. Um, so, and the Patriots and Steelers have just had so many great games over the year, two of the more historic franchises in the league. And then we got week 13 versus the Bills. Patriots took care of the Bills last year. I, I believe they beat them both times in the regular season. And then the Bills absolutely whooped up on them in the playoffs. So the two best teams from the division last year meeting up uh, week 13. I think that'll be another nice matchup. Never rule out uh, an upset there with the Patriots over the Bills potentially, despite uh, the lack of uh, talent disparity, I guess you could say, between these two teams. But to go through the division one more time, we got the Bills as the only team making the playoffs, going 13-4 and and in the two-seed. Dolphins 10-7, and just missing the playoffs, I believe, as the eighth team in the AFC. 
Um, Jets going eight and nine, and then the Patriots finishing last going and seven, going seven and ten. But that'll do it for this episode of Beef Up Front here on Pick Swap Media. Make sure to check out all those NFC episodes. We'll be hitting the North, South, and West, as well as a player awards and a playoff bracket episode before the season's up. And then we'll have our NFL Big Five games of the week coming back. So make sure to like, subscribe, share with your friends, share with your enemies. Thank you, everyone, and we will talk soon.